Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. Under Bibles, we're going to be looking at several different scriptures. Uh, we're going to continue our series that we've been in called Living in His Presence. And uh, I, this is, uh, as you can tell, it is one of, uh, one of the most important subjects that we can really talk about because living in His presence really means coming back to the place where God intended us at our creation, human, human creation. When, Jesus, or when God came and He said, hey, I'm going to make man in my own image, and then it says it was good. Somebody say it was good. You can turn to your neighbor and say it was good. If it's your spouse, you can really say it was good. You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, but, but it, his presence really is, is where he intended us to live all of the while when he created us. In fact, we know that scripture shows, shares with us that uh, when, when Adam and Eve were created, that God himself, the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, walked and talked with them. And, uh, and so we know that, of course, unfortunately, the fall, the sin, sin entered in the world and severed that opportunity, that relationship. But somebody say amen because Jesus came along the scene, amen, and, and, and tore that veil, brought light back where there was darkness, redeemed us and uh, all of the things that the enemy tried to bring and uh, through Christ. So his presence is so important and it's it's his heart for us now i don't know if you know this but one of presence the word presence is the hebrew word panim panim now i'm not hebrew so i'm probably slaughtering it but the idea is this over 2000 or 2100 times in scripture is the presence is presence or his presence listed in scripture in fact it's so important. It's, it's actually listed more than joy and peace. And some of the words that we would like, those staples of our, of our Christianity, what we understand, his presence is listed more times than that. His presence is often translated as face. His face. And, and, and so living his presence means, really means, it, it, when we say living in his presence, it really means seeking his face. So the Hebrew word panim is is face or presence. It, it's kind of, uh, it works together. How many know that the Hebrew language is, um, it's expansive. And uh, there's lots of different meanings. And so, so the presence of God is important. And it's a common translation throughout. And it literally means to seek his face. Before, before the, the foundation of the world, God desired that his presence would be flowing in this place, in our world. In fact, the, in scripture, if you look at the word presence, if you look at this pani, panim word, it was, it was first described in the very first verse in Genesis. It goes on all the way, it's so important, it goes all the way to one of the last words or last verses in Revelation. So we have the beginning and we have the end. In all between, we have constant a constant that God's presence needs to flow through. That's why it's so important. 
That's why it's so such an important topic. It's something that should be more than just a topic, but it should be a lifestyle. It should be what we would desire because God desired it. He didn't desire us without his presence. He didn't want us to be without his presence. In fact, the reason we were created was for his uh, enjoyment, to be in his presence, to have a relationship with him. That's really good news. Amen? That's an amazing thing. So I know that we've said this, and we kind of got into this a little bit, um, that he, we're always in his presence, that we talked about the omnipresence. So, so like, so aren't we always in his presence, Pastor? Yes and no. So we talked earlier in our, in our uh, series, we talked about his omnipresence. We talked about that God is always here. Uh, uh, he, he's, his presence, his uh, understanding, he's all here. But there are two things, two senses. In one sense, God is omnipresent, so we, therefore he's always here, and he's also always available. And the second is he's always present in his covenant commitment to us. So I want you to understand this is important because not only is he omnipresent, but he's forever committed. If we receive Christ, he's forever committed to that new covenant in Christ Jesus. That doesn't go away. Even when we mess up. Hallelujah. Somebody should say amen to that one. So not only is he, he committed, and so his presence, in other words, he's always with us. He's always around, but he also is always committed. His presence is always committed for redemption in our lives. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you always. But there's a place of his manifest presence. And that's really what we've been talking about. That place of his manifest presence where he wants us to live with him. Pastor Tara talked about today, she talked about the knowing him. Knowing him. And understand that that word is, is more than just, ah, uh, yeah, I know that guy or I know that girl. But it's an intimacy kind of word. It's the same word that the Bible talks about Adam knew Eve and they conceived. It's an intimate, very awesome word. And he invites us to have relationship with him in that way. And so... There's a manifest presence. He wants us to live there. And for some reason, the Bible repeatedly calls us to stay in his presence. The Bible often says to seek the Lord. He says live in his presence, which really means to seek him. To look continually, to, to consciously keep and stay in his presence. Why? Why are we asked? Why are we commanded? Why are we implored? Why are we reminded so many times? Why? Because this, God's manifested presence is powerful, it's tangible, it's life-changing, but His presence, the manifest presence, is not automatic. His omnipresence is on an automatic. If you receive Christ, His commitment to you is automatic. But his manifest presence is not. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being a gentleman. In other words, there's an invitation that must be given. There's something in order to receive it, we must ask for it. We must walk into it. We must seek first. So becoming neglectful, and, and why, this is, why this needs to be so mindful is if we neglect or forget or place our mind in other areas rather than that we will find ourselves 
clogging, stopping, stifling the presence of God. Now, I know this is like, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? Listen, this is so important. This is so important. His grace and His mercy, it says His mercy is new every morning. But it doesn't mean His manifest presence is, is to be on you except for if you will dig into it, press in for it. And that's why it's so important. Now, I'll remind you, again, I'm going to go to the very beginning of Genesis. It's His desire for you to have it, to experience it, to live in it. But he, he wants us to make the decision to purposely, consciously live in His presence. When we do, the floodgates of heaven come over your life. Listen, all of the things that we need to ask for and all the things we don't even realize that we need come in us, to us, and for us. But they come only if we're willing to trust Him, seek Him, deepen our relationship with Him. How do we do it? How, how, do we, how do we practically, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, say it this way? By setting our mind and our heart on God. By setting. Now the word setting is like concrete. is is equivalent word. In other words, it's to stand still right there, rock hard. That to be the solid foundation in which we stand for His presence is to stay, our hearts and minds to be stuck there. Stood there. Firm there. Settled there. Cured in that truth. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 19 says, Now, this is the Old Testament reminding us, it says, Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. And then, it's already been expressed this morning, Colossians chapter 3, Verse 1 and 2. This is the new covenant. So we see it in the old covenant to seek to set our hearts and minds there. The new covenant says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Set your minds. Come on, somebody say minds. We set our minds not on earthly things. To live in His presence means to set my heart and my mind on the Father. Everything He is, everything He is. Listen, I can live, I can receive Christ in my life and I can be promised of eternal life. But that shortchanges what Christ did. I, that was amazing. That is amazing. I'm excited for that day. I don't want to get there before my time, but I'm excited for that day. I got some loved ones I'm ready to hug. I got some, I got some friends that I want to see again. I'm excited about that opportunity, but also need to realize that this, that's only a small portion of the presence of what God is and wants for us, you and me. That's why he says that we can pray heaven on earth. That's why he says, because he's trying to get us a glimpse to say, don't just take the small, take it, receive it. But there's also a big promise. I'm going to hang out with you if you'll let me. I want to walk with you, talk with you. I want to hold your hand. I want to carry you when you need to be carried. That's the manifest presence. But we have to seek him constantly, 
seek Him. We have to constantly press into Him. They're like, constantly, Pastor? Yes, constantly, because there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be G-bumps. There's always going to be the detours. There's always going to be those things. Those things come from two, one of two places. The enemy, the devil himself, or our fleshly nature. Our soul likes to pull us out. And the Spirit's saying, come on back in. We have to constantly stay. There's going to be obstacles. Say there's going to be obstacles. Now, I don't want to glorify that, but I want us to be aware of that. Because there are times when you don't feel like you're in His presence. But if you're going after His presence, He promises He'll be in your presence. He'll manifest it. And in fact, we know that without a shadow of a doubt that when He comes... We don't, we often don't, as we mature, we often don't feel because we're not looking at feeling. We're a faith walking, Holy Spirit talking, power packed believer. Can somebody say amen to that? Do you receive that for yourself today? But it's all because of his presence. See, every time we walk away, we dull ourselves from sensing and understanding and being in His presence. When we place ourselves, there's certain times we can place ourselves. We've all done it. We all understood it. We've been in places that are like, man, I don't... We can feel it. We can feel when we're walking into His presence and we can feel it when we've maybe come away just a little bit. See, we understand it because... Because God inherently has given us this desire to understand and to sense who He is in, in, in Him in our lives. Everyone was born with that sense, whether they know Him or not. God put the key, the opportunity to unlock the truth. And so as we, as we, as we walk, we know that if we do certain things or feel certain ways or talk a certain way or do these things and it's not about the things it's about the heart or why we're doing it and where it places us i want to i don't want to be dull from the things of god i can't afford to be dulled in my life spiritually i, I can't walk the world without I, I without him without being sharp in the spirit of god because i understand very quickly how quickly the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy I've seen it, I've experienced it, I've felt it. All of you have. And so I, I, I'm reminding you that to, to be careful. The, the Bible talks about your eye gate, your ear gate, your mouth gate. Talks about that idea. And the whole point is not to be like, you better do what I say. But it's because of that love. I talked about it last. It's not because he's trying to just slap you around. He's trying to hug you. Trying to love you. He's trying to let what he, he is be in you and us be in him. He's holy. So he can't be if, if we're not staying in his presence. Sin and God don't mix. That's good news, by the way. That is good news. Because that means that at any moment we can come to God and he cleanses us. He makes us whole, complete, full. So we don't want to move away. So I'm not moving away. 
But there's something about seeking Him directly. So this is the great promise. The great promise is this. To those who seek the Lord, that He will be found. When we seek God, He promises in His Word that He'll be found. Like you don't have to spend your wills. You don't have to beg, borrow. You just have to ask. You have to step into it. We have to seek Him. Again, we're digging for it. We're working for it. Like the woman with the issue of blood, she had to press in to the crowd. She tried everything else. But it was the pressing in. It was the seeking Him. Like, I don't care what the crowd thinks. I don't care how foolish I feel or how in, inconvenient this is. I've got to get into His presence. That's the tenacity in which we need to become seeking Him. I love this word seek. You know it's one of my favorite scriptures. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. There's a promise. I like it because there's a promise. There's a command. There's a reminder. Seek Him. Seek Him. But the promise is He's faithful. That the things that I need, He's going to take care of. As I stay in His presence. We're also found that there is a reward. How many like rewards? I remember one time I, I found somebody's wallet. And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to get a good reward. And, no, I didn't get a reward. I was so bummed. <laughs> I was like, should I take a reward? No, I'm just kidding. Just No, I'm just kidding. We like rewards. We, from, the, from, the day, from the day we're born, we're accustomed to rewards. We like rewards. And so we should like rewards. And this is why it's in Scripture to remind us that he's reminding us that there's a great benefit. In fact, it says, forget not all my benefits. It's okay to have reward. And so as, he, as we seek him, it says, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, I like the other translation. It says, diligently seek him because I think that gives me a better understanding of the tenacity in which we're supposed to do it. Now, we don't sit on the bench. We dig into him. Right? And he promises that he'll take care of us. So God himself is our greatest reward. How many of you know that? Not the things that he can give us. It's him that's great. And understand that we, we seek for him, but he takes care of us. We seek the Lord in his strength. We seek his presence. We do it continually. The Old Testament in First Chronicles chapter 16, I like this again. It says this. It says, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek out the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Now, I'll remind you, go back to the beginning. Presence and face are the same word. So we seek his presence always. Not just when we have a five-part series. Not just on July or June or whatever day it is. We, it's, it says to seek His face always. We sang a song, Blessing, the Blessing. This was the blessing that the Lord told Moses to pray over Aaron and all of the Israelites. By the way, we get to step into that through the New Covenant. 
And it says, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May his face shine upon you, his presence. You see that? So we're praying for his presence. And then he reminds us to seek his face. So the desire is that we need to desire him and that he's opened the opportunity by, of course, my presence is available to you. But then he goes on to say, remind us, but I need you to seek it. I need you to go after it. I need you to want it. How many want his presence? Amen? How many think we need his presence? How many believe that we need it even if we don't realize we need it? We cannot do it. We can't do this without him. No way. No way. I know some of you are pretty amazing. But you can't do what God has called you to do in this life without his presence. He didn't equip you that way. He didn't, he didn't desire for you to be that way without him. The enemy, he's a punk. I know. He's a liar. And he tried to steal that. And for a time, for a moment, he does. But God gave us even a greater gift. He deposited, not only does he create us to walk with him now he deposits the very power of him in us so we can walk with him talk with him anytime any moment any day we don't have to rely on prophets we don't have to rely on this and that and the other we can just simply come boldly to the throne at any moment at any time whether it's worship whether it's his word whether it's just spending time in presence with him and he will immediately show up because he does that for his kids So there are three requirements that we want to look at. If you have your handouts, we'll, we'll go through this. Three requirements. And I know I said it was a free gift. I know it's a gift. But remember, we're saying that we need to seek him, that, we, that he's arranged a, a place and a position that he says, hey, I need you to want what, you, what I've got. When we make the decision. And so there's three things, three things required. The first thing is, uh, uh, is where we ended last week. First one is that we got to keep ourselves tied. Or last week I said tethered. But I'll also add this. We need to keep ourselves tied or tethered and, somebody say and, and exposed to him. The requirement is, is that we stay with him. We abide in him. But it also says, it reminds us to keep ourselves in him. So the requirement is this. The requirement is that we need Christ. And then it says to stay in Christ. John chapter 8, verse 31. We read this last week. If you abide in my word, you are my disciple. Now, I want to remind you, word here is actually the word translated for Christ, Jesus. Did you know that? In John, it talks about Jesus being the word, the word was and is the word, right? So it's the same It's the same word. Look it up and you're strong. It's the same word. It says, if you abide in my word, Jesus, that salvation, you are my disciples. We're, we're a Christian when we receive Christ. You see that? So this is what this is saying. So it says, listen, it says, so if you abide in my word, you are my disciple. Indeed, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. That's good stuff. I read last week, I said the message. I like their message translation. This is just for if you stick with this. Living it out, what I tell you. 
It's a good reminder. If I'm going to stick with this, I'm going to stay tied to it, and I'm going to keep myself exposed to it. Does that make sense? Exposure is important. What we expose ourselves to, uh, we will we will take on. Some of you know my, uh, my son Tanner was in town with, and he brought some of his friends from Texas. And so we we decided on the coldest day of this last week, we were going to tube down the river. And as we're tubing down the winter, went winter. River. It felt like winter is what I was thinking. No. <laughs> when we were tubing down, we were exposed to the sun for two and a half hours. And by the time we were done, you could tell we were exposed to the sun. All the, all the white was red. Bright, shining red. Especially <laughs> the kids. The kid, I don't know. They're from Texas where it's warm and they were whiter than me. But it was, it was amazing, and, and this is really what we're saying. When, what we're exposed to is what we turn into. Listen, what we hang around, you hang around a friend long enough, you start picking up their mannerisms. You, you know, say you're married long enough, you start looking like each other. I don't know about that. But anyway, I'm not wearing dresses, honey. We're, no. But you understand, right? The idea is that not only are we tied to him, yeah, I'm in Christ. Praise God, I'm in Christ. I love Jesus. I'm with him. But he says, are you with me? Then live in me. Continually be exposed to me. Now, I know we live in a world where we can be exposed to a lot of things. And that's why it's important that we're mindful of what we're exposing ourselves to. It's not condemnation. It's not any of these things. It's just a beautiful reminder. God says, hey, listen, I've got good things if you stay in me. Hold on to me. Stay in me. Keep yourself exposed to me. But there's this fun thing and there's this thing. Yeah, right. That's cool. But when I when I'm finished, do I want to look like that or do I want to look like like what Christ says I am? I, I know I want to look like Christ because I've tried the other. And it's fun for a little while, and then it brings me really down. We've got to stay exposed to him. John 14, 21 says, Those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Pretty strong word. Colossians 3, we already said this. Since then we have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Since I'm a believer, since I'm tied, I might as well hang out there. If I'm going to say I'm a Christian, I should be a Christian. Does that make sense? Makes sense, right? Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand, set your minds. Make your minds up. (laughs) I'm a believer. I live a believing life for a believer's sake. I'm a believer. Amen? Number two, the second requirement is his presence needs to be acknowledged and sought out. I said it already, but not only do we need to understand that his omnipresence, that he has laid a foundation and opportunity, but we also need to seek it out. I said before, it's not automatic. His love for you, automatic. His mercy for you, automatic. 
His commitment to you, automatic. His manifest presence is sought after, is dug for, is looked for, is, is, is diligently sought for. He's a rewarder, but it's done diligently. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 says, Then you will call upon me, go and pray to me, listen, and I'll listen. I'll listen to you. I'll hear you. When we spend time with him, when we go into him, he listens to us. It goes on to say in verse 13, it says, And you will seek me, and you will find me. Final. When you search for me with all your heart, in other words, with all that you are, like putting everything, put your heart and mind set on him, I will be found by you, he says, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all of the nations and from the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. He's promising you, you stay in him. He's going to hold on to you. When the, rock, when the boat gets rocky and difficulties come, he's got you. And if he has to, he's going to pull you out of the boat and you're going to walk on that water. That's his presence. But you notice when Peter had to do, he had to sought after the Father. He had to seek him in order to walk on the water. In order to experience the manifest presence, he had to do Something he had to get out of the boat. He had to walk. He had to keep tied and exposed. The moment he began to expose himself to the, the wind and the waves, he became really heavy. His presence needs to be acknowledged. His presence needs to be sought after. And number three, we'll close with this one. Number three is this. His presence needs to be received by faith. Not faith in you. Not faith in Pastor and what he would say. But your faith in who you are in him. The Bible says if you just have the, the, the faith of a mustard seed. You've all been given the same measure of faith. There's plenty of faith. More than enough faith. We have, to, we have to, in His presence, we have to receive it by faith. We don't feel it. We don't always see it. We're sensing it. We're like, I don't know. We have to, by faith, say, He said it. It's got to be true. It's so important. Listen, we have to keep tied and exposed. We have to acknowledge and seek it out. And then those two things promise that as we do it, now we're doing it from our heart, from the, the, the contentment of who we are in Him. Now we receive it by faith. All three have to work together. They build upon each other. They, 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 they tied and exposed. The longer we tied and exposed, the more we acknowledge, oh man, we, 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 we seek it. We want more of you. We want to seek in and, and get more into who you are, then we receive that by faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's reciprocal. It's a continued reminder of this truth. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says, let us. Somebody say, let us. You notice it's personal. It's not let me. God didn't say let me. He said let us is in we need to do something. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. We come by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I'm going to read the message translation of this verse. You've all heard it before, but I like the message, how it describes it. It says, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. Now, that word please is not please like he's going to like you more. It's please like he's um, excited, thankful, uh, you know, like please, like I'm, I'm pleased when my son, my sons were here. Kind of pleased. Because I love them. I'm excited to be with them and surround myself with them, right? And so it's in that same way. He goes, I'm pleased, but but he can't please apart from faith. Why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. You see, I said, it's not automatic. There's a requirement. The requirement is to believe that he exists and to seek him. You see that? How important it is to be seekers. Not of the world. Not of things. Not even of blessings and favors. Be a seeker of the Father. The Creator. The one that brings all good things. And the key is, as we do by faith, as we walk by faith and not by sight, he is in the midst of us. There are times, there will be times, there have been times when we didn't sense, feel, or see anywhere the manifestation of Christ, of God in our life. But I promise you, the, moment, the, the fact that you are here today is, is proof that His presence Revealed himself. This manifest prayer. I know for me, there are times that he he amazingly spared me. And I was, by most standards, a pretty good kid. But how many know the enemy doesn't care about good or bad kids? He wants to take us all out. But his presence keeps you. And that's why he said to pray the blessing. We can have that blessing and that promise from God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his presence be on you. So we ask for that. But he says to ask for that. So we're believing. If you, if you believe, you're asking. If I believe I can get something, I'm going to ask for it. Right? Naturally. So if I believe and I'm asking, then, then I'm taking by faith what he has for us. Amen? Let's stand up. We're going to close. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m., 
or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.